Have you been thinking of booking a Walt Disney World vacation? Believe it or not, now is a great time, especially if you're looking ahead to 2021. Whether you're a Disney regular or making your first ever trip, the amount of planning can be overwhelming. Why not let me, Keenan, your second favorite co-host of Part of Our World podcast, do that planning for you? My services are free, Disney pays me, not you, and I will go above and beyond with tips, itineraries, guides, and more to maximize the magic of your Disney vacation. Find more information at partofourworld.net forward slash travel. Hi, I'm Keenan, And I'm Rachel. And on this episode of Part of World Podcast, we will be talking about what it's like to be in the Disney bubble while COVID safety regulations are in place as of July, because as we all know, things change pretty much every day. I mean, even since we've been, they've added different restrictions in place. So take what we say with a grain of salt if you're planning a trip. And actually... Everything we're about to say, you know, take with a grain of salt because it's just our opinion. We're not experts in any way, shape, or form. But um, we did go. We, The two of us went to celebrate our 10-year anniversary. It, our anniversary is actually, actually in May, but we knew we couldn't make that happen, and this was before COVID. We this planned, I think, last year. But we were going to do Labor Day, like, you know, since our school year starts in the middle of August... Nice three-day weekend. We knew crowds were somewhat low then. It all seemed to kind of work out for that until this craziness happened. And then our school years got pushed back. Everything got changed. And I kind of was joking around with Rachel via text and was like, well, we could just move up our trip to two weeks from now. And when I texted her, and she's like, can we? Yeah. So we did. We did it. Yeah, we had our neighbors were going. And so we... Keenan had been doing a bunch of planning for them, was very in the know what was going on, going on at the time. I had been following... I was their travel agent, which yeah. you can always, you know, as the promo at the start of the episode played, you can always book through me. And then as I was following different Instagram accounts, we're just seeing the wait times and the crowd levels and said, maybe this is like a safer time to go since we probably couldn't make it happen during the school year. Labor Day wasn't happening. We didn't know what the holidays would look like. Felt like that was just going to get crazier, busier. We, we did didn't know cons- if we'd we have did- to quarantine afterwards. Yes, which was a big thing. We, we couldn't really like. do in the middle of a school year. Right. Um, we did start looking at 2021. Um, but again, things were so ambiguous at that point that the more we started to look into it, the more we thought this actually might work for us. It was a kid-free trip. Just a few days. Seemed seemed good. So, this is not a trip report. We we know that we we personally love doing our trip reports, um, and we also know just based on previous trip reports that they are well received by you, the listener. And so, we are going to do a detailed trip report where we basically break down our days, what we did, what we ate and drank, and walk you through the whole experience. But this episode is more about it's. I don't want to say it's informational. It is going to be informative. Um, but it's more going to be talking about our experience with the safety precautions, what's different, 
you know, a question that I keep seeing pop up in different Facebook groups and on Twitter is, is it still magical? Good question. And is it safe? And I can say that we're not really here to answer both of either of those because those are, well, the magical is subjective. We will talk a little bit about, you know, what's missing and what's present and how you can kind of make magic through what is going on. Um, but certainly with safety, I mean, we're not medical experts. So our, the opinion that we're going to be giving about this is based more on feeling than on fact. But we're going to do our best to describe the, the reality. Situation. Yeah, what we experienced, how we felt, the reality of what we did see. We'll try to be as factual as possible. Um, but we felt like with our trip report, it's going to come across as a glowing recommendation. Like everyone needs to go because, spoiler, we did have an amazing time and would do it again if that was something that we had the time and money to do. We're not, this is not a recommendation. We are not telling people to go down to Disney World. It's something you have to decide for yourselves, but we're hoping that this episode can kind of clue people into what it's like, and then you can kind of make that decision for yourself. Sound good? Sounds good. So we're just going to, we're just going to talk about different categories of things like what the resorts are like, what transportation is like, what, you know, um, rope dropping is like, the queues, dining, entertainment, all that good stuff, and just share basically what what the experience entails so first up um we can talk about our resort we stayed at pop century it was fine <laughs> definitely a value it is on the skyliner which was nice um you know they are doing remote check-in now and you're gonna get a bunch of messages about checking in remotely they really do not want you coming up and talking to the cast members however <laughs> We drove for the first time, at probably the last, if it's up to me. Um, and I had no idea, I, you know, per, full disclaimer here, having not, not driven, I could not find anything on what you do with the parking pass. I knew that it was $15 a day at the um, Value Resorts. I knew that it included parking at the parks. But I'm like, how do we even pay for this? And so I thought, surely, that we needed to check in at least to get the parking pass. Not true. Um, when you go to the little booth, when you're driving in for the first time, um, there's different lines for whether you're arriving or whether you're a returning guest. And then there's another lane for buses and, and other like drop-offs like lifts and Ubers and stuff. And apparently when you check in there, they make a note that you are driving and they basically tack on a charge to your room. So it is all kind of taken care of for you. So that's mm -hmm. nice to know. I, I was hopeful. I could not find anything online that said basically how it works. And that's because it's all automated. Um, I, I kind of got the vibe, Rachel. I don't know if you felt this, that she was a little bit annoyed that I was taking the time to speak face to face with her. Cause I even read a message out loud. She's like, did you get this text? And it was like, you know, all remotely, but yeah. I don't know. And we tried but, to get buttons for our anniversary and they were like, we're not giving out buttons. But then although, our friends who yeah. were at a deluxe resort did get buttons. So cannot say one way or another if they're actually giving out buttons. Right. At I, Pop, they weren't. Or she wasn't. But I think I think she just kind of didn't like me. Could be. And I noticed at the Poly, they still have like the lotions and, you know, personal size shampoos and all that stuff. And we didn't have any of that. We had a hand soap, so I don't know if it's just, apparently they're not having those things at a lot of resorts. Yeah, I was under the impression that that was not a COVID thing because I remember 
seeing something about that where, you know, the shampoo, the conditioner, and the body wash are all, like, bolted to the shower wall at this point. Right. I knew that, but... Okay, that's like, not what you're talking about. At, well, like, at French Quarter, where we stayed last time, they gave us lotion. Uh, like, I had a personal lotion and a few other things, but this was... There was no lotion even. Gotcha. And I was sad about it because I love that lotion. Yes. Yeah. I did so I don't notice know if in the gift getting... shops they sell the H2O yeah. like lotions and soaps. I'm like, oh, so I don't know if that's just a value thing. And I will also say this about Pop. All the values, if you had a trip booked, were all placed. If you were at a value resort, they're all placed at the Pop. So that did feel kind of crowded. Not like dangerously crowded. Like obviously you could still social distance and stuff, but it was it was bustling. Yeah, it it felt like normal crowds. Yeah. And, you know, I will say you look out in the parking lot and there's a bunch of empty spots. So surely it was not at 100% capacity, but it felt busier than the parks. There there were people everywhere. There was always a line for um, the quick service restaurant, which also shared a line with the gift shop. So who knows? But there was always a line there. Um yeah, I feel like there were a lot of people, and we kind of speculated again, like you, like you said, Rachel, that because it's the only value, all the values were pouring into this single resort. That there were a lot of people there. We did visit the Poly and the Contemporary, and those did not, and Animal Kingdom Lodge, and none of those felt nearly as crowded. So. Yeah. I do think that part of it was our resort, but I think that, that that's something worth pointing out. Something that people should know is that, you know, eventually they're going to open up these moderates, but then again, you've got at least starting, what is it, August 2nd or something like that, all of the moderates are going to be pouring into Caribbean Beach because that'll be the only one open. So it's it just seems like, and this is always the case, but if you can afford the deluxe, I think there's an extra advantage now of going with the deluxe. Yeah. You know, and part of it is, They've got the um, the DVC properties, so it's more a little bit more spread out. So, so concentrated, more people there. Um, other than that, I mean, the room definitely seems sanitized. Um, yeah. Everything was wrapped up in plastic, like the remote, and they, they detail all these different cleaning measures that they're taking. Some of them you're like, why weren't they? Were they not doing that before, or was it sparse? Um, our, our trip was only a three night stay. So, um, mousekeeping wasn't even an option and I forget how they're doing it, but I think it's like, you can have them come once every four days or something like that. Mm -hmm. So that is limited. Um, we did not use the pool, but part of that was because of the limited hours. So when we were there, it was open from 11 AM to 9 PM. They just changed that to make it 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Um, so it didn't really work because we kind of go hard and, and do the parks all day um, and then do the pool at night. So we were a little bummed about that. But honestly, I don't know if we would have used at least the main pool anyway because when we did go past it, it seemed pretty crowded. And kids do not social distance. I mean, they'll social distance from you, but... Sort of. Kind of. Yeah. I've, I've been to a pool <laughs> in this covid era and kids are like falling on top of you yeah i wouldn't yeah i mean it was i wouldn't say it was like teeming with people but it was definitely happening yeah i just think by comparison so um 
But yeah, I think, you know, for the most part, the resort felt safe, I guess. Yeah. Everyone's wearing face masks. Unless you're in the pool. Right. Right. Um, they did have like a movie showing like the nighttime, the family movie night or whatever. And people were socially distanced on the lawn, just kind mm-hmm. of all sitting out there watching. What was it? Fox and the Hound? Oliver and Company. Oliver and Company. All right. So if we have any points about the resort that come up later, we'll be sure to mention those. But let's move on to talk about transportation. So um, the transportation that was available to us was the Skyliner, buses, monorail. I don't even know which boats are running. I know the friendship boats at Epcot were when there wasn't a storm. Um, But those are the three that we rode. So let's just talk about those a little bit. Rachel, we did the Skyliner first. So our, you know, arrival day, we went straight to Epcot, which was glorious. Mm -hmm. Stay tuned for that trip report. But we got to ride the Skyliner for the first time. Yeah, so that was the first time riding it. So I don't know how it compares to regular, but I know it's one party per cabin. Yes, which wasn't previously the case. So you could just be in there with some... Randos. You could. So I really like that they're doing that. I feel like that's the way that it always should be. I know lines get backed up, but yeah, it moves pretty fast. Um, yeah, and if you haven't been the eye or the eyeliner, the Skyliner, it's very airy, and but I heard that they do only like sanitize those once a day. That's what I was going to bring up because so, I don't know when they're sanitizing them. I mean, it seems like a huge task to shut down the Skyliner line to clean them. I was thinking about or like you what need if a you massive just cleaning crew to like yeah to just like load them all up yeah you have to load them up and have them clean as they travel or something yeah it's like number the ones that they have done and then that's one way to do it down. I don't know yeah but yeah but we I don't never know. saw them being cleaned no so so take that for what it's worth but again I felt as though I mean like you're definitely isolated yeah you're definitely isolated. It's very, the air is flowing nicely in there. And it's just like kind of any other public surface that you're sitting on, I guess. Yeah. I mean, we drove, so there was the added freedom of being able to, and safety of being able to drive to the parks, which we did. Um, But of the Disney provided transportation, this felt the most secure. Yeah. Most clean. Most socially distanced. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're just like in a little cabin all by yourselves contrasting that with the buses yeah now we only rode the bus once and it was to disney springs and it was mainly because we knew we were going to have a few drinks and we did not want to drive after having a couple drinks so we're like hey let's take the bus um we got there there were already a few people in line and then a few people came after us and that was it it was full i think there were six groups on the bus Something like Maybe that. Maybe seven. And so the way they do the buses is they've got basically different different sections and they're all numbered and the bus driver will t- ask you how many in your party and you will tell him and then or her and then they will send you to that section. And if your party is larger than fits in the largest section, they will ask you to split up. Now, for us, it was not that big of a deal. And our lovely friends from... Monorail Monday morning monorail podcast cannot talk gave us a ride home so we did not ride the bus home but we did walk past the bus stop every morning and it looked like a hot mess like huge like I'd say it looked like normal lines lining up for the bus I have seen it crazier for sure I'm not denying that but full queues 
Yeah. And when you're only putting six parties on. Right. No one's standing up. No, like you're. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they'll pack those things. Right. There's none They're of like that. sardines it's in like, there. I mean, it is pretty distanced in there, but I don't know. You're still sharing the, the space with people. There's partitions up. And I noticed that they had the emergency exit, like top it was open vented. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So they were venting that out, but. Nevertheless, wasn't yeah. my favorite way to travel. They're definitely taking precautions. Times. And, you know, the bus driver, like, before we get on, walks the length of the bus. And he had, like, a paper towel in his hand. And I was like, oh, he's going to be cleaning before new people get on. Nope, didn't clean anything. Just walked the length of the bus with, like, a cleaner in his hand. And then stepped off and loaded us on. Maybe if he saw, like, a giant booger on the seat or something. Right, yeah. something <laughs> gross. I don't know. My big thing with the buses is I'm I, I'm not opposed to taking the buses because like you said, there is social distancing in place. Yes, you're having shared air, but they've got some of the windows open. But my thing is like waiting for the bus. Like right. you are, you already are waiting for buses. And I will say, at least with Magic Kingdom, we saw it coming basically one after another. Yeah. Which if you guys haven't seen this yet, they did push back the opening of several resorts. And a lot of people are speculating, oh, that means they're not selling hotel reservations. And I'm sure that is certainly part of it because people don't want to go to Disney right now. But I think another part of it is they just how are they going to do the buses? You know, once you start allocating buses from the pop to Caribbean beach, that's fewer buses now and people are going to be waiting even longer. So the buses just seem like the far, they've always been, but they seem like the far inferior transportation at this time. Mm -hmm. And then the monorail. So we took the monorail. Um, we had brunch at the poly and we decided to take a resort loop, which by the way, you can do. We were not stopped at any point um, at other resorts to ask if we had a reservation. The only time we were stopped is when we drove to the Polynesian and at the gate, the check-in gate, they did scan our magic band. Um, same thing at Animal Kingdom Lodge. So um, that is the case. If you were taking a bus there, I'm not sure, but I got the impression definitely taking the monorail um, that, I'm, again, we're not encouraging resort hopping, but if for whatever reason you needed to get to another resort and did not have a reservation, it seems like the in-house Disney transportation will get you there. Mm -hmm. But the monorail I thought was, was pretty great. You still get, you get your temperature checked to even get on the monorail. Yes. Which I think that's because you skip the temperature check at the park. Correct. It drops you off at the front of magic kingdom, but they are doing it whether you're headed to magic kingdom or not. Um, I have heard of other people saying they wouldn't even let them on the monorail, even though the parks were closed. So it was not even possible that they'd be able to get off at the Magic Kingdom. So I don't know. Um, Got to have your mask, all that good stuff. But yeah, the temperature checks. Um, again, you get your own car and there are partitions between each car. Yeah. So a little bit of shared air still, but definitely social distanced. They felt clean. Yeah. I don't know how often they're cleaning them, but certainly more often than the Skyliners. Maybe. You'd hope it'd be easy. It's, it's easier. Suppose. I mean, it definitely is easier, but yeah. So, um, I guess that kind of wraps up what we have to say about transportation. We honestly did not do a lot of it. Usually when we're in the Disney bubble, we are flying in, we're taking the Magical Express, and we are completely dedicated to Disney transportation. Yeah. Uh, we didn't feel comfortable flying, so we canceled our flights and drove. I don't know how I'd feel about getting in an Uber or Lyft. Didn't experience that, but Disney transportation was okay, not preferable. And, you know, once again, 
if I were taking another trip right now, I would honestly do a split stay between a Skyliner Resort and Monorail Resort because that would only leave you with Animal Kingdom as the park to get to where you could, where you, where you would have to take a bus or drive or take an Uber or Lyft. Yeah. So if you can do that, that's my advice. Um, you know, especially if you did something like a contemporary and you could walk to Magic Kingdom, that'd be great. Even better. Right. Which actually the, leads into our next topic. Okay. Yeah. Which is rope dropping slash arriving to the parks because, you know, again, if you can, if you can walk there, you're going to bypass the ticket and transportation center, which you have to go through to get to Magic Kingdom. Um, you know, the, the more you can cut down here and we did not take the Skyliner to Hollywood Studios because we wanted to make sure that we got there in time. People this week reported basically getting there at 9 a.m., not getting in until after 10. That was our fear. That was our that was my nightmare. Almost had a mental breakdown, nervous breakdown. Ridiculous. Um, because we followed traffic into the um, what is it? Priority parking, preferred like parking, preferred and handicap parking, and it was clear that we were not going to be able to park there. So we had to turn around. It was scary. We still got in with 10 minutes to spare, but people are getting in. People are still in the parking lot at 10:20, not able to get. Rise of the Resistance. Um, so anyway, my point being, we did not take the Skyliner because it started half an hour before the park opened, and we're like, if there's a line or if the Skyliner breaks down or whatever, you're in trouble. So it was our one shot to get Rise of the Resistance, and Keenan was betting his or putting his life. It was a life or death situation. For oh Kenan. yeah. And the funny thing is I made the point to Rachel. I was just like, I think we should drive just because you have more control over what happens. And then I, then user error, I drove into the wrong parking lot. And lost his mind. I did. I was about to cry because I'm like, this is it. It's over. But it is serious business. And, you know, maybe this is a good time to talk about this, Rachel. But I am not a fan of the virtual queue system. Like she's giving me this, she's giving me this look. Like here he goes. Here we go. Well, okay. There's two things going on here. There's one about like the actual system, and then there's comparing it to other systems like fast passes or just standby queue. My complaint about the the virtual queuing isn't so much that virtual queuing's bad. I mean, I've heard it working at Universal. You know, kind of like the old fast pass ticketed system where you kind of you know, or Cedar Point does this as well. You show up at the ride. You get a time to come back. You're in a virtual queue. I think Volcano Bay does a similar thing. Correct me if I'm wrong. We've never been there. But with Rise, it is basically like 30 seconds after park opening, you have a window to hopefully get a boarding group that is sub 50 so that you have a chance of riding for the rest of the day. Before they did the multiple releases, the 10, the 1 and 4, which is now only 10 and 2, um, it was all or nothing at park opening. And, you know, it can just, like, if, if for me, this was, a, Galaxy's Edge was a huge part of this trip for us. Like, at least for me, especially. Like, I, I wanted to go see Galaxy's Edge. I wanted to ride Rise. And I came to terms with the fact that, hey, if we don't get to ride this, I need to be content, be okay. I'm still at Disney. It's still amazing. But I would have been, I would have been upset. And it's a very expensive vacation. And it requires a lot of planning, and yet you're not guaranteed to ride this ride. I'm not a fan of standby, but at least if it were standby, we could say, you know what? I'm gonna. It's 180 minutes. I'm waiting. 
Rachel's like, no way. But at least you would be able, you have control over that and you're going to be able to say, yeah, I'm taking time. Yeah, you make the choice if of, you want to. Yeah. And do you can that, plan right? accordingly. So we were lucky enough to get boarding group 27, I believe. So we were in, it was the third the third round is what we were in. So we had a general idea of if things go smoothly, here's when we're going to go and it did break down it did go down once and so we were pretty accurate in figuring out when we would get on the ride. That being said, uh it was right during our friends we we were in a party with our neighbors. It was right during their dinner reservations. So they kind of had like lunch, but yeah. Yeah, well, sorry, lunch reservations. Um and, you know, you just can't plan your day around that. It's like there's no set time that you're coming back. You're totally at the whim of whenever it's running. I just, it, here's the thing. With fast passes, I know that locals complain that resort guests snatch them up. I get that. But you still have a shot at 30 days. And with us on our previous trip, we did not have a slinky dog at the 60-day. We got it within the 30-day. Like, we still scored it at one point. But at least you can plan, oh, man, we didn't get the fast pass that we wanted. Should we do a different park that day? Should, you know, try for a different day? You could even, if you really wanted to, reschedule your entire trip if it's that big of a deal for you. You know, but you know 60 days out whether you're getting on that ride or not. Yeah. Well, then there's the point that there's no park hopping right now. So, you know, we talked about like, you know, before all this COVID stuff went down and the parks had to rethink everything. We were saying like, okay, well, we'll get a park hopper this time. So if we don't get Rise of the Resistance, we can go to a different park, do whatever, try again the next day. But that was not the case because it's like you have your park ticket for the day. And that's where you stay. Yeah. So I know our friend Justin from Monday Morning Monorail Podcast, he he mentioned like at the very least, if you don't get your Rise of Resistance at 10, they should say, hey, here's you can switch your park pass to Epcot if you really want. Or it lets you hop or something. I don't know. But yeah, I'm not, not a big fan. And let's get back to the, the topic that we're talking about, actually, which is the the, the COVID, you know, um, precautions that the parks are taking. Hollywood Studios at 10 a.m. was a madhouse. It was busy. Like, there was a whole line of people getting in. They are doing the full security check there, which they were not doing at the other parks. Um very busy and you know if you guys are on social media i'm sure you've seen this people have been posting pictures all week of you know just massive crowds at hollywood studios in the morning so again i have my issues with the virtual queue but i also have issues with hey 10 a.m park opening here's your time to get this good luck because it creates this hunger game situation where all of a sudden everybody's going for the cornucopia crowding and you know people are People are getting arrows. Okay. COVID arrows. I see. The arrows are the COVID. Yes. No one's getting COVID because everyone's social distanced or they should be. Not at, not when you're congregating for the park opening. It just seems, it just, of all the parks, it seems like just poor crowd management. You know, we're at the parks. It was busier than the other parks, but I think, Rachel, you can agree with me. It did not feel super busy. We did Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway three times. We did um, Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run three times. We could have done it more. Like, Smuggler's Run at the end of our day was five-minute walk-on. Yeah. Um, 
So it's still small crowds. I don't want people to think that we're like, oh, I just, you know, it's too busy. But it was crowded, especially at certain points. Where it's needlessly crowded, I think. I'm not proposing a solution. I'm just saying it's a problem. Gotcha. In fact, I know several people who are locals who have not done Hollywood Studios yet precisely because they see the crowds and they're like, I feel comfortable at Animal Kingdom. I feel comfortable at Magic Kingdom. I don't feel comfortable at Hollywood Studios. But Hollywood Studios, when I was in there, I did not feel like it was crowded whatsoever. I didn't actually feel... Like, you, mentioned I guess I don't... Was, you mentioned Galaxy's Edge felt crowded. I don't remember. You did at one point. You were like, there are a lot of people here. There was, but... I don't know. I don't feel like it was any more crowded than Animal Kingdom. Like, once you got in there, I felt fine. Especially, like, there's a lot of areas you can go that are crowdless... It's true. But, I mean, yeah. So the, the ride times are still pretty low. But another thing was about Hollywood Studios is that you have, like, what, five big rides, and then, like, two of them were down or whatever, and one is a virtual queue. Three of them were so, down at one point. Yeah, three of the biggest rides. So it's kind of like, uh, where do we go now? <laughs> right. Um, yeah, and we went went to Rock and Roller Coaster and Tower of Terror, which well, Tower of Terror was down for a minute, right? Something not, was not down. When, not when the other rides were down that we went and took advantage of it because we essentially walked on to both of those rides. Yeah, I'm saying at one point I think it was down. But anyways, there is that issue with Hollywood Studios. But I'm just saying from a spacing standpoint, I thought it was fine once I was in there because I was nervous about going to that park too because I had seen crowds and stuff and videos and um just wait times and stuff like that but i think it's mostly just that early morning time with the rise of the resistance situation which mm -hmm. is not a good situation but if you want to ride rise of the resistance you have to be in that situation i think you can still physically distance from people um you know everyone's yeah. eager but you just have to do your part to yeah and we were all spread people... out like we weren't near people when we were yeah trying for it um, but we did try to get a reservation. At, well, we had a reservation at Ogus Cantina. Walked in. They only had tables that were standing room. We were exhausted at this point. So we asked if we could wait for a table at the bar. But we kind of looked around and decided, do we even really want to be in here? Because it was full. Yeah. And it, there was, I mean, we've never been in the Ogos when it's hustling and bustling. And people say, like, that's part of the atmosphere. And normally yeah. it is elbow to elbow like, in there. Yeah. So, I mean, it. You know, relatively, it was, I'm sure, very empty. And looking back, I think it was fine. I think we were just at the point where we just really wanted to sit down and, like, eat real food. And That's true. And didn't feel like having another That's drink. That's true. If we could have done it after our dinner, we probably would have been okay. But, I mean, you bring up a good point, Rachel. You said relatively, but everything is relative right now. And so people listening to this podcast who are, like, deciding whether they should go or not... These are the things that you kind of have to consider because, yes, you're going to see all these reports that crowds are super low. You're going to check My Disney Experience and see walk-ons for so many rides. And don't get me wrong, that is amazing. But not everyone is going to feel comfortable going to a theme park where there are crowds. Even though they're lower, there's, there are still going to be circumstances where you're like, mm, I don't know how I feel about this right now. Yeah, I think restaurants is the biggest thing for me at least just because you know you can't wear your mask while you eat right and, so, and you're talking while you're eating it's like you you know people should be able to have conversations while they enjoy their dinner but you're just like eh, i don't know if i want to be in the same room as you when you do that but we 
I don't know. Maybe you're a little bit more cautious in that regard, but... Maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm with you. And let's talk about dining now, because I think that that was, for me, the only time I felt really uncomfortable. And this is going to sound extremist, and it is. But the, the only time I was like, Psh, we're getting COVID on this trip was when dining. Mm-hmm. And so we only had a few table service indoor dining locations. Um, I did read um, Disney Tourist blog was talking about just stick to outdoor dining right now. And I agree with him. You know, even though it's hot, I just feel like there's not enough. Right. There outdoor wasn't dining. that many options. Yeah. There needs to be more quick service, especially outdoor dining. Yeah. Um, and there was that one area that was like completely closed off. Like that one outdoor area. Remember, it was like completely closed. Was it Docking Bay 7? Yeah. Yeah, where we ate inside, but the outside was closed. Yeah. It just boggles Which, my mind. It was like totally empty inside Completely there. Empty. So and that it, was and fine. It, and it, but there was a cast member there that was not letting people sit. Every single table said seating not available here. And it's like, why? Yeah. It's outside. Give us a few tables. Makes no sense. Um, you know, and lots of restaurants were empty. I will say, you know, based on our experience, our neighbor's experience, Social distancing is occurring in the restaurants. Like tables are definitely spaced far apart. But I will never forget sitting in Kona Cafe, and the guy behind us coughing mm-hmm. up a storm. And I almost asked to to move tables because I'm like, <laughs> it was this dry raspy cough, and I'm he like, he was just choking on his Tonga toast. Maybe, but I was like, oh, this is making me a little nervous here. You know, um, the restaurants are socially distanced, but that also means that they're quote unquote busy in some sense because every time we checked in. We had to wait, um, usually about 15, 20 minutes. Where was it? Uh, no, where we, we waited somewhere for 40 minutes, but I don't remember what oh, it was. Oh, that was Kona. Yes. Thank you. Kona. We waited for 40 minutes. Uh, everywhere else it was about 20, 25 minutes. Um, so just something to keep in mind. Again, I have advice for this here. You can check in online on your My Disney Experience app, I feel like a complete and utter fool because I had no idea that this was even possible. I remember, and the funny thing is, as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh, I remember reading that on the No Before You Go dining page. Um, But you can check in remotely because every time we showed up somewhere, they're like, have you checked in yet? And we're like, you should know. Like, we're checking in now. Like, you would have seen us. But it's because, no, we could have checked in remotely. So once we checked in, they're like, okay, we'll take your name and number and we'll call you. So just check in. You can check in 15 minutes before your actual scheduled time. Do it. If you want to eat at 4.30, check in at 4.15, if you're, even if your reservation's at 4.30. So now Disney Springs dining was a whole other experience. Had an amazing time there. Like, yes. highlight of the trip. We were hanging out with the monorails. It was just it was an great. absolute delight. Um, but right after... So, so they do, they are scanning you in for temperature checks at Disney Springs. Um, but right after you, you, if you've ever been there before, the bus will drop you off at like just this like stop and it's kind of on the outskirts. Once you walk through these little alleys that, that, you know, go in between the shops and that opens up into Disney Springs proper, we were, we were both kind of like, this is, whoa, you made the comment. You were just like, this isn't Disney. You made the comment, you were like, this isn't Disney. Meaning, 
Disney is like on lockdown with social distancing and stuff like that. There were crowds of people kind of congregating. Oh, I don't remember saying that, but it, you didn't say it right when we walked in. But as we kind of walked toward Raglan Road, there was like this huge crowd of people gathering and outside of something. Yeah, and well, I remember saying like it's this is more crowded than the parks. This is just yeah, it didn't more feel crowded, like not social distancing. Yeah, it didn't feel like as on. I don't want to say Disney's on lockdown, but it's like. They definitely have guidelines in place that they are enforcing. And people and this, are, and cast members are enforcing them. Which yeah, is like and an people, you know, it. I feel like people there are like on good behavior and like they're, okay, we're at Disney, we're going to wear our masks, we're going to social distance for the most part. But this was like free for all. Not yeah. really. It wasn't, but it was just way more crowded and yeah, ra- more people were still wearing masks crowd. outside. Yeah. Um, but inside the restaurant, of course not, which is understandable. But the restaurant, the tables were way closer than any Disney restaurant we were in. And we stayed till closing. Um, again, like I said, we were just having just a great time. And <laughs> there's it's Raglan Road, so there's live entertainment. And these you know Irish singers from Dublin are playing some good old boy songs. And they bust into Sweet Caroline. Yeah. And next thing, okay, so first of all, there's this just this group over there that has probably had a few too many. No judgment. That's fine. But they, of course, start belting out Sweet Caroline. And this like one inching closer. This closer. one dude is starts walking like in front of the stage, like it's kind of close to us. I think we gave him the stink eye a little bit. And then he goes back and he gets in the face of another patron, not part of their party, and sings sweet Caroline into this dude's face. And this dude just kind of backs up and kind of shakes his head. Like he he smiles, but it was at least if it were me, it'd be one of those, you know, awkward smiles. Like, Hey buddy, I can't believe you're doing this type of thing. I was like, this dude's spittle is going all over this other guy. And what if he had food in front of him? It was just a mess. My point is you would never have seen that at Disney. Even if somebody did have too much, like a cast member would have stepped in and separated that crowd. Yeah. Drunken revelers done something about it. It just felt like a different world at different Disney Springs. Scene. Yeah, definitely a different scene. Not quite like the real world, but still. No, and I figured we'd talk about this toward the end of the episode. But I tell you what, when you are in the Disney parks, when you're in the bubble, you forget that masks are political, and that people feel very strongly about not wearing their masks. Yeah. Uh, you forget that 100% compliance like isn't a thing. You forget that um, a lot of times people don't consider social distancing. The people just do it. And I don't know if it's because people re- and kind of maybe subconsciously realize that if we don't do it, Disney's going to close again, or if it's just out of reverence for all things Disney. But as soon as you step out of the bar, I mean, the first gas station we went to after hitting the road to go home, we both were just like, you know, yeah, we're out of the bubble. We're out of I the think bubble. This is exactly what we said. Yeah. So. Yeah, in places where like masks required, then you walk in and no one's wearing a mask. You're like, wait a second, this was Disney. Yeah, I mean, I saw a dude not wash his hands after going pee. So that to me was like, take me back. Yeah. So Disney is doing it right to the best of their, you know. What what they're able to do, given what what, what they have, um, I can tell I think you. They should tighten the reins a little on Disney Springs because that's well, yeah. But I mean, it's not Disney proper. Like Disney owns property in Disney Springs, but I just mm-hmm. don't. Although they do have 
Disney security at Disney Springs, don't they? I'm so, with yeah, you. I don't they, know you got to do, do it, something. You need. They should do something. Well, about I heard Disney it was Springs. like when it first started. It was pretty. Yeah, I know. Like, Blog Mickey just released an article about how it's not nearly as efficient, and I agree. It really wasn't. But, in but the it was parks, still a great time because we got to hang out with our friends. Yes. No. No. No complaints. I'm, we're just again trying to share our opinion that's based on what we actually experienced and hoping that you can kind of make some, draw some conclusions and make some um, decisions for yourself based on what you're hearing. Um, in the parks, we've already kind of extolled the virtues of how they're doing things in the parks with um, mass compliance and stuff like that, but also social distancing. Um, Rachel, I know that before we left, you were particularly concerned about indoor attraction queues. Yeah. How did you think that they handled that? I thought it was like I felt fine in in the indoor attractions a lot, of, and one reason being that wait times are very low, so you're not really sharing a a space with people for more than you know fifteen minutes. Yeah, um, you're turning through. Yeah, so that's that's nice. It's like you keep the line pretty much keeps moving unless it's closed for cleaning. But even we, I was never in a situation where. I felt like too close to people or whatever. Although I will say that our neighbors were in a situation where rise shut down when they were in a waiting area with Basically a lot of a, other people. Basically an enclosed corridor. Yeah. So if that you've ridden it, you know what we're talking would about. Would not be ideal. Yeah. I might be freaking out a bit if that was the situation. Yeah. Actually, I think Blog Mickey, again, to reference them, posted pictures and said, we're leaving. Um. And this might have been the same day that our neighbors were there. Yeah, we only got stuck in line for cleaning once. It was during Navi River Journey. Which is like partially outside. It's like a covered outdoor uh, area. Yeah, the so. whole queue is almost all outside. And I will say that the queues that they can do that with, it seems like they're trying to keep as much outside as possible. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, for instance, with Flight of Passage, and granted it was raining, so it might have been because of the rain, but it could have just been because the the walk back is so long. But Flight of Passage, there were several instances where there was a cast member right as you're exiting out that basically said, hey, if you want to re-ride, turn right here, and it takes you basically through dwellings, and then you're right in the ramp that goes up to the... Um, chambers or whatever you want to call them where you load onto your banshee yeah so you know again i think part of that was the rain but i also think part of it is we're going to cut down the whole part of the queue where you're waiting you know inside the lab and stuff like that with other people so um there are partitions where they're helpful so like slinky dog had a bunch of partitions basically any any um switchbacks where they can't space you out they'll put a partition up and what i mean by spacing you out is that a lot of the switchbacks they will not have two th there's markers on the ground six feet apart that basically tell you hey your party should stand here um and what they'll do with switchbacks is they will put you so that your marker is not directly across from the marker on the other side of the switchback so they'll space it out so it gets kind of weird because you know, you'll be regular every six feet, every six feet, every six feet. And the next thing you know, the next spot like 30 is 30 feet. Yeah, 30 feet away. And 
it's nice because it means that, you know, when you're rounding corners and stuff, you're definitely not next to people. Like they planned it all out. Mm -hmm. It's definitely well organized. That being said, ourselves included, but many people don't pay enough attention to, oh, the next marker isn't six feet away and you'll just start walking and you'll realize, oh, it's actually 30 feet away and there's already people standing there. And the next thing you know, you've got people that are probably a little more bunched up than they should be. But the great thing is most people would realize, oh, I messed up here and just kind of stop. And then people behind them would stop and everyone just kind of agreed, like, I'm not going to come up on you. Yeah. Even though you made a mistake, you're in between cues here. Like, we're just going to, we're going to stop. You're going to move to the next one. We will wait and we won't move until you move a second time. Hopefully that makes sense. But yeah, it, it, again, the, the people are trying to do the best that they can. I think so. For the most part, there was I one, know. there was one family. There was the woman that decided being in line at, was it Slinky Dog? Uh-huh. was the time to like eat a sucker, which it's like, you're not, you can't have your mouth. You know, it's like, it's one thing to like, be in line and like, pull down your mask and take a drink of water but this is like oh she's just gonna she just pulls it down pulls it down just eating her sucker yeah I'm like and then i know this was on navi um and i noticed like her whole family during the ride like they all had their masks off during the ride and then pulled them back up right before they got back to the cast members and i'm like wait a, you know teach your kids to just follow the know. rules when someone's looking i know but we probably could have said something about that if we really wanted to. I, yeah. and you know, I guess what I was saying is with social distancing, like I had heard, you know, sometimes kids will creep up on you and stuff. We, it was only, that only happened a couple of times and it was always, you could tell on accident, people would say, Oh, I'm sorry. Or they would kind of stop and back up. Mass compliance was a different thing. I mean, it was virtually a hundred percent, but you would just see people that all of a sudden they're pulling it down below their nose. It's like, just because you're in queue doesn't mean that, we want your snot all of a sudden. In fact, now we're even less, closer. Less so. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I didn't see that many people like, you know, cheat the mask compliance, but there was a couple like on the rides that one guy pulled up below his nose and a cast member when she saw him was like, sir, like pull that up above your nose. And he did. And then once he was out of her sight, he pulled it back down. But was yeah. that on a dinosaur? Uh, no, that was on living with the land. Oh, okay. And then... That one family, Hot Navi, where it was just, yeah. I don't know what their deal was, man. It's like, what is going on? I don't know. Some I mean, people, again, it's political. Some so kids. some people, it's just like, I'm only going to do this when they're watching. Um, but I'm glad you brought up um, Living with the Land, because that's another thing that rides are doing is that actual rides will have partitions. So like Soren, it's every few seats are blocked off. So once again, if your party's larger than whatever size their sections are like four seats or whatever they will split you up um the water rides uh, not all of them but living with the land did not be a river journey didn't have a partition did we it? had our that's just like oh we had our own boat boats. yeah that's true um oh it was um kilimanjaro safaris so kilimanjaro safaris yeah. and, and live with the land these kind of guided tours or whatever there is going to be plastic in between you and the party in front and behind you and Sure, it disrupts the view a little bit, but I'm glad that they did that. Even yeah. Kilimanjaro, as far as it's outside, I'm like, this is fine. It means that the person behind me is not going to cough, cough on my neck. On my neck. Yep. Yeah. Another thing I noticed about the queues is that they went well outside where the line starts. So, like, we noticed that Flight of Passage was 
way back toward the entrance of Pandora, we started seeing markers like line, you know, six feet apart. We're like, what the heck? And we followed it and realized, oh, actually, that was for Flight of Passage. Or another place we noticed it was um, Festival of the Lion King, which isn't even open yet. And we were listening to Roped Up Radio on the way home, and they had a guest on who was giving a trip report. And, um, you know, he was kind of like, why would, they, why would they do that? Like, the crowds certainly aren't that big. I think the reason that they're doing it is because they are, I don't think they're just prepared for July and August. I think they're prepared for December when the crowds increase or when, you know, COVID, we start to finally see cases decreasing and start seeing um, deaths lowering. And so the parks go up to say 50% capacity. Well, now all of a sudden you've got your um, queues extending out farther. And again, they're all outside goes way outside the entrance to the ride or, you know, shows. I just read recently, I forget where, but that Disney does want to start doing shows again. They're just having, you know, issues with like actors guilds and stuff like that. And so I think it's only only a matter of time before we see something like Festival of Lion King open up and they've got the queue ready for that. They're not going to be scrambling at the last minute to put down markers to say, here's where you line up for the show. Yeah, but there are some that I maintain. I'm like, I don't know what this is for. It's like so far out that I'm like, I don't know. Like the ones on the bridge. I still think that was Festival way. of the Lion King. I don't even know. It was crazy. I'm like, where? what is? Yeah. So there's markers. Yeah. And they're helpful. Yeah. I just but think that they are. I think they are well prepared. And I think this is the reason they closed. Well, not they closed. That they stayed closed when Universal and SeaWorld opened to get everything ready. I think that they just wanted to be not only just as prepared as they could be because I mean they went above and beyond to prepare for this and you can tell like it has the Disney mark all over it yeah. but I think that they took the extra time to also say you know what when we open uh, capacity up a little bit we're prepared for that too so okay um, the last thing that we're going to talk about is entertainment so sadly no nighttime spectaculars no fireworks no parades. parades in the traditional sense. No character meet and greets. So, you know, I'm guessing if you're listening to this show, you kind of already know how they're doing it. Um, but instead of parades, they're having cavalcades. and Which are like mini parades. Yeah, it's pretty much. Yeah, it feels very much like a hometown parade where you know how you'll get the local politicians, like the mayor goes by in like a convertible and kind of waves to everybody. Well, instead of the mayor, it's Mickey Mouse. Yeah. They're, they're cute. Yeah. But you have to, like, be lucky to catch them because they are not announced because they don't want people gathering yep, in no any times. place. So, well, one thing we did for um, the boat cavalcades at Animal Kingdom is we got a spot in the Rivers of, Rivers Light. of Light seating area yeah. and got to watch those boats go by because there were several. Like, yeah. I mean. We ate our lunch there and we an saw hour. all of them except the one that I wanted to see the most, which was DuckTales because I was wearing my DuckTales shirt. I'm a, yeah. big, I'm a big kid. It was fine. But I was like really hoping to see DuckTales. Um, but yeah, that was cool. I'm glad we had like a massive zoom on our camera because they don't get that close. Yeah. So there's only one. Um, I mean, I don't know what I was going to say there. One area that you could like kind of camp out. Like I guess if you wanted to like stand on the bridge yeah done that too so on the bridge or like in other areas it's like okay you could like just you know 
camp out on Hollywood Boulevard and wait for you car could. to go by again, but you just don't know when they're going to be, so. Yeah. The boats are very regular. Yeah. If you are wanting to camp out for the Hollywood Studios ones, um, if you go kind of not directly in front of the Chinese theater, but a little bit More back the from entrance. there, closer to like Brown Derby, um, you should see all the cavalcades that come by. Now, it was not as frequent at Hollywood Studios. At Animal Kingdom, the boats came by every yeah, like, it was five like, minutes. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Um, we did not do Magic Kingdom this trip, unfortunately, so we don't know what those were like. Um, Epcot, we got stuck behind the princesses, and man, like cast members and then the horse poop guy, they were all just like, you need to stay back. We're like, we where does this like- exit? Because we just want to get to China. Yeah. We were trying to resume our World Showcase walk. Like we, it's hard to explain, but we left, went to Soren, came back, got stuck behind the cavalcade. And all you see is the back of the princess's car. They wouldn't even let me get over to the side to take some pictures. They were like, sir, you need to get back. And I get it. It's fine. But it was like, don't get stuck behind a cavalcade. This is frustrating. Yeah. Because you couldn't get around them. Couldn't and get around them. At Epcot at couldn't least. Couldn't see them. Couldn't interact with them. Nothing. Yeah. So you're basically just stuck looking at the back of it. Walking by the horse poop yeah. guy. Walking by the horse poop. So they also have... Um, there is some character dining, you know, Garden Grill. They're like looking down on you and waving. Um, Beast is showing up at the lunch and dinner, which is all that's available for Be Our Guest. He's also just kind of walking through the restaurant. Yeah, our friends went and they were like, yeah, the Beast came out like 10 times yeah. or something because. Well, it's because they're not stopping and taking pictures with anybody. They can. Yeah. Just, well, it's first of all, empty. And it was empty. Yeah, super empty. Um. But also, it's like they have nothing else to do except just kind of walk around and wave. I know. I was like, just like walk around and bow at everybody like, <laughs> over and over again. Yeah. Like, I guess I'll go back out there and bow again. Yeah. And we didn't do like any character dining. But from what I gather, Topolino's is very, very similar. You're taking selfies at a distance with the characters. And I just don't know if it's worth the money. And that's the other thing. You know, everything that we've talked about. And please, if you're interested in hearing more of this stuff, we've, we'll have our trip report coming out shortly after this. You know, when you listen to that, keep in mind, we paid full price for this vacation. Disney, I know they're offering discounts for like uh, Florida residents, cast members, stuff like that. Um, But for the average American, it is full price. And I have zero regrets. And it was an amazing trip for us. 10 year anniversary, totally worth it. Right. Like for what we were doing, it was great. But yeah, and we'll get more into that on on the trip report because for us it really was kind of a perfect timing. Yeah, and it was a perfect vacation. Like we did what we wanted to do. We're, we love rides and stuff like that. We were okay. We weren't with our kids, so we didn't need all the characters and all that stuff. But a lot of the magic is missing. Like you know, not having. I kept hearing people talk about the crowds, not having the crowds, and how that made it feel less magical. To each his own. I'm fine with no crowds. But I will say not having the characters, not having the fireworks, parades. um, In World Showcase, a lot of the shops weren't open. And we don't buy anything in the shops. But I still, it's like part of the experience. And it definitely was different. We kept talking about just how surreal it felt. And again, for us, it was a trip unlike any other. We're never going to forget it. Um. But for others, you're not going to want to spend full price for a Disney trip like this. Right. And we've said, like, because we want to take another trip with, you know, Keenan's sister and yeah, her big, kids and all that. Yeah, biggest family trip. 
But if it's the way that it is now, then when we take it, it's like we wouldn't want to do it with all the kids and stuff because there is a good chunk of stuff missing and it's noticeable. Yeah. And so we were talking about this and Rachel said, what if you had everything, but you still had to wear masks? I said, yes. The masks, we haven't really talked about that. It is a challenge to be in the heat running around and that's the other thing when you're getting through these lines quickly you might do it a few times but then you're like going straight to the next one with nothing to do in between so you're huffing and puffing all over the place and we needed frequent breaks like we we did take advantage of the relaxation zones um we did stop and have meals at places and just chill out and kind of soaked it in and it was great um but part of it was because we're like we just need to take these down and don't get wrong i'm not like anti-mask in the slightest i'm so thankful Disney is requiring these masks. It is not a problem at all for me to wear them. Um, I but don't think it restricts my breathing or anything like that, but you get hot and sweaty and uncomfortable and it becomes a burden after a certain point in time. And so you need a break from the masks. Yeah. yeah. I will say like by the third day, because it's not just in the parks, it's okay. You get to your resort and you're ready to just chill, but no, you're you're walking from your car, from the bus. You've been, you know, and we even got to take our masks off in the car, but oh, I have to go back on because we've got to walk to our room. Mm-hmm. It's just like. I'm glad they're doing it. No, I am glad yeah. they're doing it. I'm just saying it gets, it gets to be, you know. Yeah. It's a lot sometimes, which, you know, some people are used to wearing masks all the time at work and things like that. So maybe it's not as big of a deal for them, but. And you got to know your limits. Your family, there was a kid, I forget where it was, but he was, dad was like, all right, it's time to put your mask back on. We're going to dinosaur or whatever. And he's like, oh man. Mm. And I just, I just would be like, hey, we can go home. We're at Disney. You wear your freaking mask, you know? So yeah, I would actually for the most part, that way, but. Yeah. For the most part, like I just feel like most of the kids were trooping. Yeah. Just, they looked so cute in their masks. Yeah, and it's, it's a little it's, sad in a way. In all, your, in all your pictures, you're gonna have masks. And yeah, I'm kind of, but I'm kind of like, look, it's our 10 year anniversary. 2020 is our 10 year anniversary. We can't change yeah. that. So it's actually kind of it's, adds it this is, special touch right. to it that we went to Disney. And we have all these photos of us in masks. It is what it is. 2021. I, I still think I would go if masks were required, but no, I definitely would not go with a bunch of kids without the characters and. Without the nighttime shows, nighttime shows and all that no, no parades, yeah. yeah. And limited dining. That's another thing I'm mm-hmm. so thankful. And I, now I know exactly why they did food and wine starting in July. You know, it. there's just more food options. Most of them are outdoor. It's just... Oh, yeah. But we did miss food out on it. The food situation was great. The food situation was great, but there was still, there at, were still stuff that I was like, oh, I wish I could have had this, you know? Yeah. So, so we'll get more into that. On our trip report. So um, between the you listening to this episode and our trip report, if you've got any questions, you want us to clarify some stuff, you just want to know more about some of the stuff we talked about, we did do this episode so that we can kind of avoid talking too much about that COVID stuff during the trip report. But we are happy to answer any of those questions, and we're happy to do it on the next episode. So shoot those our way. You can find me on Twitter, P-O-O-W podcast. Um, or you can email us part of our world podcast at gmail.com. You can also find Rachel part of our world podcast on Instagram. Yep. And we have a Facebook group. It's just for our show. We don't do a lot with it. Uh, but if you're a fan of the show, definitely join the Facebook group. It's just facebook.com forward slash 
part of our world podcast. So I think that's it for now. Thank you all for tuning in, listening. And hopefully being a this part of our world. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say, hopefully this gives you a little more information to go by if you're considering booking a trip to Disney in 2020 or just wondering what it's like. Yep. And we will see you real soon with the trip report kind of describing everything that we did and the experience behind it. And we'll try to be as narrative and as magical as possible because it was. It was quite the trip. We loved it. So stay tuned. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Are you ready? Up to Neverland. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye.